Events of the past 12 months have once again highlighted that Australia still has a long way to go when it comes to our relationship with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. 20 years on from the Reconciliation March of 2000, the path to reconciliation is still one that as a nation, we have a long way to travel. In that spirit of reconciliation, I would like to offer my respects to the traditional owners of the land on which we meet, both past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the UX Australia podcast. I'm joined today by Scott Burns and Petra Golisher from the ABC. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon. Now, thanks for joining. Um, you're both in Sydney. How is the lockdown treating you as we enter the end of our third week? <laughs> I'm gonna I wanna say it's going well. Um, yeah. I'm actually, I'm not sure if you can hear it, but I've got a, um, a, a young baby that I'm looking after. Um, well, not okay. looking after, it's mine. But um, yeah. <laughs> we, um, we um, yeah, we're kind of taking the most of lockdown to, uh, you know, really lock down on the sleeping habits and uh, get a good routine going. So it's actually, nice. actually pretty good. How old's the baby, Scott? Uh, he's four months old. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And it's also like it allows you to probably get a lot more time, but both of you have a lot more time together with the baby in these times than you might have done otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's been good, but I think a lot of um, parents have also been able, new ones, but also just, um, you know, the ones that are pretty seasoned with it. Uh, it's hard to, when the, the lines of your working life and your family life are really yeah. blurred, you know, so... Yeah. It can yeah. it can change quite quite quickly. Um, right on, right on, right yeah, on cue. We can we can hear them. You can. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Petra? Uh, my pandemic baby has four legs and a tail. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not much has changed in in many ways. I've always dog worked remotely a lot. A uh, dog, I should specify, dog. <laughs> Uh, so lots of walks with the dog. The the remote work has been consistent and well supported, which is great. But yeah, uh, yeah my living arrangement gratefully has changed. Last time around, I was living solo, and I now have a housemate, which uh, helps a lot. Make a huge to ride these isolation yeah. periods. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I I I think one of the more uh, difficult elements of it is simply not knowing how long it will last. Um, we, you know, we, we didn't know last year, week to week necessarily, how long it was going to last. And it certainly went on a lot longer than anyone predicted at the beginning. We'd sort of talk a few days, a couple of weeks and months later. And um, Victoria obviously went through an extended period of lockdown last year for over 100 days. Um, so far, it's going to be five weeks. Um, given that UX Australia is on in eight weeks, I'm hoping that it's five weeks. Um, you know, actually, it's on in seven weeks. I keep saying eight weeks, and I keep being wrong about it. But there you go. Um, so, like, it's it's one of those things where I think if I knew exactly how long it was going to last, it would be much easier to plan for it, deal with it. Um, you know, all of the rest of it. 
these sort of daily updates where we're waiting to be told whether or not it's going to be extended and by how long is, is I think, one of the harder parts of it. Unfortunately, my housemate insists on listening to every press conference. So I hear Gladys's voice walking down the hallway multiple times a day. <laughs> right. Awesome. But look, we are um, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to talk to you both uh, today. You, you're going to be talking at UX Australia. The topic that you're going to be covering is how uh, the ABC in particular dealt with user generated content. But I'm, I'm wondering, like, what are we talking about? I mean, like, let's not assume that everyone understands what we mean. What do we mean by user-generated content? Good question. And that is actually a, uh, a something that we're continually clarifying even within the ABC hmm. on a regular basis. Um, yep. So there's, there's many other words for it. Um, we've just found that we've landed on UGC just mainly because it's a, a catch-all. And we do, we, at the ABC, we, we do the full gamut Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, um, I'll just, I've got a little list here of all the different words that we use at the ABC for, um, yeah. for UGC. And they include um, collaborative journalism. Um, they also include, uh, what else we got here? We've got audience engagement, uh, collaborative storytelling, uh, yeah. crowdsource journalism, uh, content call out to you ask, we answer. Um, there's, there's a lot of different uses for use cases for it, yes. and what we need to, um, I guess, what we're, we're, our challenge is that how do we kind of unify all of those different agendas for what all those things are into yep. um, primarily a safe practice of doing that, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a it's a very complicated space to be yes. to be working in, yep. um, simply because there are so many competing. Uh, goals around what UGC is and and especially when it comes to the content side but there's also a a product element to it as well um it's a very complicated space and and it's not something you know the what around UGC hasn't changed but what is changing dramatically is the how and that's really where we've been we've been looking at it really closely Do, do we include things like um comments on articles um, as part of user-generated content? Is that something that is part of the mix? Um, Yeah, good question. So really I think the biggest thing that we've been able to establish at the beginning of our journey with Rethinking UGC was that really kind of um, there were some really high-value examples of UGC, like, like perceived high value of UGC, which was comments, Yep. Uh, you know, polls, um, like little interactive widgets that might appear in, in in websites. And we really were able to build on the, like, the vast history of UGC across the ABC and actually determined yep. that those types of things were not of value enough to really continually investing in those things. Okay. Um, so the first step was actually really looking at, okay, we've been, con- well, the ABC is conducting a 20-plus year experiment in UGC, Right. That it is baked in their DNA to reflect the um, the Australian public, right? The, the diversity yes. of the community. Yes. Um, yeah. And so all the way, you know, harking back to Talkback Radio, right? Or you know, that is the kind of first the first UGC instance that ever existed, right? To all kinds of permutations over yeah. the years, 
tried and failed. And what we um, what we've done is that we've identified some really successful things that have really bolstered what it is the ABC is trying to do yeah. as an organisation. And there are some things that have been um, you know good ideas and good well intended at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But have actually grown, and as the audience and the and the, the the users of large, and the products and the services that are available now, um, really, where is the trend going in terms of what people were uh, actually engaging with versus yeah. what we'd like them to engage with? And, uh, uh, Petri, if I asked uh, you, and uh, given your sort of background, um, which is slightly different to Scott's, where I. It must create an awful challenge in terms of how you structure data, how you connect data, how you make connections between different content objects when those things are coming from anywhere, everywhere, um, without necessarily being curated, managed, moderated, you know, without the metadata that you might need. How do you deal with that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Well, the tension there is always between making sure that the right data is available to the right people, but with with sufficient access controls around that so we know who's accessed what and we can maintain the integrity of trust that we have with audiences that that data yeah. is used appropriately and yeah. for the purposes, you know, we collect it for. So we have all the tools available, but it does take some consideration to understand what will be the entire life cycle of this piece of data, this piece of content. We want to be able to track where it was collected, in what context, for what purpose, what consent terms were accepted at that date because they change over time. Uh, And then also be able to track, well, what was the content that was produced or the the strategy that was enhanced as a result of this data being collected and analysed. Yes. So there are lots of different purposes for which we look at the data, which means we we have to control it in quite a complex way. And do you, like, is the the ABC subsequently obliged, and I I assume that this... um, probably applies to most organisations, but in particular, we've got a public broadcaster in the ABC. Does the ABC hold um, an archival mandate? To, do you, are you responsible for archiving and storing every comment about every article that gets posted or everything that somebody sends you? Like, does that fall to the ABC to handle? Uh, In terms of um, governance around how the data is handled, that's absolutely, um, you know, highly regulated within the ABC. Yeah. Uh, But within the last few years, thanks to more of these UGC projects being conducted and specifically more people in the privacy and legal team um, getting an understanding of what we collect this data for, we've been able to evolve our, our policies such that we can be explicit now with audiences that we will not hold on to their data forever. So we will use it only for what we collected it for. Because, okay. of course, the cost and maintenance burden of and, well, and privacy well. risk in, yep. in holding all that data for, for a long time, I think, by by starting the conversation with, okay, when can we delete it? Um, that, that lets us be certain that, that we're, we're only using data in the appropriate way. So what is that boundary then between the organization's content and a user's content, that user-generated content, and then the published article or the published piece that gets um, 
stored and kept, the bits that you can throw away versus the bits that you have to keep. Like that can't be a straight line or a black and white. Like that's got to be blurry. No, the archiving and data protection requirements at any stage can change based on how that piece of content is used. So as soon as somebody is quoted in an article, for example, that submission Mm. becomes program material and and is subject to different archiving rules. Right. So understanding that process has been really key to making the right (laughs) technology choices because obviously, uh, you know, if you sign up to SurveyMonkey, they're not going to be asking you questions like that. No. (laughs) No. So where are you, um, like, where are we headed with user-generated content? Like, are we, are we likely to see um, the, you know, the, oh, let's call it naive promise of Google Glasses, um, you know, coming out? Are we, are we going to see, um, you know, everyday people live streaming their experiences and having um, snippets cut and appear on the news? Um, like a dash cam in Russia or is it like, what are we, where are we headed? <laughs> I, I um, really love this topic in terms of where are we heading? Cause that's really like what we've been trying to communicate back to the business, back to across the ABC, like all, all people, because everyone's got different ideas around what, what UGC means and, and what its purpose is. Um, where we've seen the greatest impact and where we get really excited about is that when you can apply um, a framework of how, not just how you gather UGC, gathering UGC is very easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's within the realm of how do you uh, manage that data? How do you derive insight from that data? How are you converting that into value, right? Because um, you can, you can, you can get a lot of stuff out there, but the actual conversion into uh, it might be a story, it might be a uh, you know a, a TV, television program, it might be yeah like breaking news, right? Um, what is the process and the um, the governance around having being able to do that? And we've uh, seen and we've been choosing like technology solutions that mm. um, aren't being. You know, we're only just testing the, the boundaries of what they're capable of doing when it comes to that analysis, right? And, yeah. and I get really excited about working with um, the folks in uh, ABC News, especially the digital teams up in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, they've really got their finger on their pulse around what is the future of, of news for them, right? And, and yep. a big player in that is how in which they are, you know, having the biggest conversation with, with all Australians, right? And, and so how are we... Um, you know, that's really escalated within coronavirus, within the pandemic, right? Mm. When, you know, there's been um, the Coronacast podcast, you know, that that's uh, a lot of that is predominantly being fueled by audience questions, right? Yeah. Like, what you know, things that are what's relevant to me. Um, mm. And what we're seeing is a huge, like for something like the pandemic, where you could, you could be put that lens on any key event in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, gathering that that insight from people, it feeds into the, the ABC's ability to um, tailor the, the content to be distinctive for, the, for those audiences because they basically, you know, get a glimpse into what is, what is that, what is on the pulse of what people are worried about or what are we thinking of here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
So you need to basically uh, set up a system that, that ingests all this data, but also gives the tools over to the, the, the journalists and the investigators who can yeah. derive insight from all of that data, right? Yeah. And so we, we believe that um, we're really kind of creating a whole new um, area of, of journalism, which is, you know, data-driven journalism, right? It, it is something that you're capturing so much of this really, really rich information um, and deriving insight from that, being able to peel off case studies for other journalists to follow up with, right? And, and yeah. you know, really fueling, there's so much potential, uh, you know, within the, the content makers of the ABC um, that we're really what they're starving for is that is that technology to enable that that ambition yeah. that they have. Uh, and that's really, I'm, I think, where we see ourselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of conversations back probably 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago around the semantic web um, and that idea of, you know, in, in embodying semantic meaning and being able to um, link between and connect mm. different semantic objects um, across across sites, across pages or images or whatever that might be. I mean, a, a, a little like VR and augmented reality. Are we, are we getting closer? <laughs> closer to the dream of the semantic web. Some would say yes. Okay. Some would say yes. <laughs> One of our key considerations has been the fact that this content that is provided to us by audiences doesn't hit a dead end. We're yes. aware that that might, you know, make its journey into a content management system and be published into into an article. Right. And maybe we want to be able to track that that lineage. Uh, my brain's just walked off a cliff and left me hanging there now. It's one of those. No, I think, I think now, it's, because I think a big a big problem that we're solving in the ABC is is you know one side there is a whole disruption of how audiences are consuming content, right? In terms yes. of the different channels and the digital yes. the digital formats of that, and also you know the you know the end of schedule as the you know the Gavin Morris, yep. the um, chief news officer, likes to say, like. You know, like we, people are doing it on their own terms, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's that that the ABC is adapting and being, trying to stay relevant with as well because it, mm -hmm. you're turning from a broadcaster, literally it's in the name, a broadcaster yep. to now just being more like, um, you know, being able to just focus on different areas, right? And, and that's, a, that's a big culture change. And then on top of that, um, you, you're also, you also have, a way in which all of this data, all of this content that's being created, it, how do we kind of, how do we make it gravitate from left to right, not just not just shoot it down? Do you know what I mean? Like, not, we're not just broadcasting it out to people anymore. Like, we need to repurpose this article to also be, you know, this piece that goes over into this channel, right? So we're not just this idea that we're just funneling it into this one big cannon and shoot it out to the public, you know, that's rapidly being disrupted. And that also like, goes like that also comes digital, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we like the, the there's there's teams that are generating value that other teams across the ABC get would get a huge amount of insight from. Yeah. Um, but that's not notoriously the you know the the culture of working, right? Sure. Um, because of that. You know, we don't really know what, you know, it comes out one end and then it, we, we pass it over and then what happened to it? We don't know. Like it, it kind of just, you know, yeah. magically happens, right? We, so a yeah. big a big driver for us and where we're rethinking it is we're actually creating traceability of, of 
how what happens to this content when it comes into the gates of the ABC, right? It's yeah. it's deemed valuable. Well, then let's 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 look at how it's transferred into the end value, which is content, um, and then be able to kind of demonstrate that back even to the where it started, the seed, right? You can go back and yeah. you know we call it closing the loop, right? So we, how how important is the technology piece then in providing that connection? automatically to provide that traceability automatically to so that it doesn't become this enormous sort of human effort manual effort to to do that kind of stuff like is it is it possible without it or is it only possible with good tech i think good tech gives you the good tech in air quotes um Making sure you've done your due diligence around security and access and data governance yep. means that with a capable enough platform, you have the flexibility to change the way that data moves around. You know, we can build on the spreadsheet, for example. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so in that way, you know, yeah, we we absolutely depend on the technology. But it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere if we didn't have journalists that were seeing these insights and sure. recognizing, yes, I want to be able to make a note yeah. here to say that this piece of content was was used in this way. Yeah. And and we're already the value producing, of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think there's been a, a history of of um, you know, let's throw technology at it to solve it. Um, and I think that technology's it's it's just a starting point, you know. I think a bigger conversation to have is like holistically. Let's look at everything around that technology that that's being placed in there. And and I think there's yeah. a huge, huge. There's a lot more potential in being able to um, guide teams of people around technology rather than guiding technology yeah. around teams of people, right? Yeah. And and it's that that's something that's really important to us and what we've been doing is making sure that that human layer to, to what we're introducing here is the most important layer and the one that takes time. Yeah. I mean, there's an opportunity there to identify threads of human narrative that would otherwise get lost, that would otherwise not get heard, um, and it's, it's a, a really valuable tool that you're developing. Mm. It's it's been incredible even even to date to see the the crossovers between teams that would never usually talk and are conducting mm. entirely separate streams of work, but the insights that they're getting and the responses that they're seeing from audiences overlap so neatly. Um, there's there's a lot to be learned from from sharing those insights. I think that's a wonderful message to end our conversation on today. I look forward to hearing both of you. Um, at UX Australia dive into uh, how that collaboration has gone and how those different teams have been working together at the ABC to bring user-generated content to Australia. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.